God damn, it's good to be back. Uh, so doing super bad pod uh, with my boy Mason Ford, recurring guest. If it's been a while, it has been a while, and we're it aware has of that. Been a while. And we're live on Zoom. Yeah, so this is going to be a little different in that Mason's interjecting during my uh, intro, which we've never done. <laughs> Pretty innovative stuff, though. Yeah, so super bad. We grew up with it. We loved it. Uh, me and Mason have been talking about life's kind of heavy right now for a lot of people. And, you know, sometimes you just need a fucking laugh. We rewatched a movie that never stops making us laugh. I probably laughed more this time than I've ever wa- had watching it because there's just there's so much to talk about. So super bad. 2007. G- guess how much they spent and guess how much they made. Um, I'm gonna go. They spent like 20 million, and I'm gonna guess they made like I don't know. I don't know how that works. 40 million. You know, oh shit. Okay. So 20 million was on the, you got 20 million on the nuts. Good job. Okay. Nice. For the budget. That was nice. That, I'm a little impressed. I thought you had the notes up. We're like fucking with me in the, maybe I'll see what the other one is and just like search for it and get it. Like really sell it. No, they made $170 million on a $20 million budget. Wow. That's insane. So they, uh, they made some racks. This movie, this movie did well, but, the people that are involved, so I guess for the people that don't know, kind of the backstory about Super Bad was Seth Rogen wrote it with his best friend Evan Goldberg, who he met in high school, and they wrote this. They started writing it while they were in high school, and then Seth eventually gets out to Hollywood, gets on the show Freaks and Geeks, which if you haven't watched it, I think Mason and I both highly recommend. Um, so he gets on Freaks and Geeks, and they keep writing it, and they keep trying to get it produced, and they just can't get it. No one will give it to them. Well, 40 year old virgin comes out and then knocked up comes out and Seth Rogen's basically getting green lights for anything he wants to do. So they tell, he says, Hey, I want to do this movie super bad. And he wanted to play Seth in the movie, but they waited too fucking long and he was too old. So now fuck who's going to play Seth and who's going to play Evan. And we get Jonah Hill and, uh, Jonah Hill and Michael Sarah. What do you think of the two guys they chose to play, Seth and Evan? Uh, awesome combo. Michael Sarah is awesome because he was, you know, he's been acting for such a long time. He acted as a child and he plays that perfect, awkward teenager role. But he's like, he's awkward, but he's still funny. Like the stuff, he's not just funny because he's awkward. He has these like little one liners that are hilarious so dude he brings so much heat on his little like so me and my my roommate shout out to john dixon friend of the program was watching this one with me and he was talking about how um michael sarah's experience in tv with arrested development and basically set him up for this perfect like delivery of comedy which was perfect against jonah hill yep yeah he's awesome on arrested development and like his storyline there is so awkward on that show and so funny that that's <laughs> the cousin the cousin thinks amazing yeah exactly so um no he delivers it perfectly and i think like every anybody who's like been a teenager in high school has gone through those like awkward interactions and like it they just nail it it's it's uh, so smooth how they do it him his interactions his interactions with becca who is the girl that he has a crush on that he tries to hook up with that's like his that's his everything that's his venus he's obsessed with her um his interactions with her in like the first act make my fucking skin crawl and it doesn't get better because at the end if anything it's worse when she's drunk and he's trying to get drunk and they're kind of like the way he's kissing her and like the way he's talking to her i just he is so cringe but it's amazing yeah no it's uh it's just like spot on and i think what's really funny is like how they talk like the dialogue of it um like especially in the beginning when they like go to the convenience store and all the like subtle jokes they're you know it's just like the way teenagers talk and it was seamless the way they put it in there and um i think it's funny how they like how they talk and then you know in that scene how he acts it's like night and day 
I think they do a good job too of not hiding the eight ball. Cause I really wanted to talk about the first 10 minutes of the movie, the intro, mm-hmm. just you get it. You know, everything you you get it. The second it yeah. starts, you get it. And I think some people, especially in comedy, sometimes they try to like hide the joke or put it in a place where only some people can get it. You get it. They're best friends. They like finish each other's sentences, but are really different. And yet they're going to be gone next year. They're being separated and everyone's telling them like mom goes, how are you guys going to live? And you can tell by their reaction that they haven't talked about it yet and that Mm -hmm. they're uncomfortable with the concept. And I just thought on a rewatch, I was like, fuck, like that was so smart. Cause then when they get in the fight, it's already been built up. Now you have everything that comes after makes sense with their relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And then kind of that resolution, like when they're drunk in the sleeping bags and, (laughs) and they have that moment. And I love you. I love you, man. I want to, I want to go on the roof and shout. I love Seth. You're my best friend. <laughs> we should go on the roof. <laughs> it's, it's just, they do such a good job of bringing it full circle. And that's something you like might not really realize on the first watch. So totally agree. I think uh, one thing that I wanted to talk about is I, I love the fact that like this all starts with Fogel like just lying and and having to go deeper into his lie because you know he starts out with the fake id so he's lying there and then when the cops come like he has to lie he has to say he is of age he has to say like all he's mclovin bro no he's not he's not he's not he's fucking mclovin a 25 year old hawaiian organ donor exactly so i love that that sets his story up for like you know his adventures with with the cops and Bill Hader and Seth Rogen, and it's unbelievably funny. You think and he then, learned? You think he's? Do you think he's pays for lying? I think if anything, he benefits. I think he has the no, cool I'm, story arc. No, I, yeah, no, that's what I'm saying though. Like, it sets him up for hilarity, and then, but him, him lying and him saying, "Oh yeah, I'm of age. I'm like I'm McLovin," uh, sets up what uh, Seth and Evan have to go through because they think, "Oh shit." night's busted like now we have to get the alcohol like that's this all stems from fogel's lies which which i think is awesome because okay. it's it's like him going deeper and deeper into it which creates chaos no i thought movie. i thought you were trying to deep dive into like the moral quandaries of super bad and I, that's not that's not what this is about <laughs> no no but no, you no, did no. you pivot you pivoted I, you steered out of it I'm you're like, oh, it's about it's about Fogel lying, and actually, like the antithesis <laughs> of the character is, and just all this bullshit that would have come no, out. No, I'm not. I'm not no, I'm not smart enough to even do something like that. I so. was going to get you a fucking pipe, some glasses, and like a <laughs> ponytail. Yeah. Um, no, but I, I love how that, like, that is what sets everything up for for the rest of the story. So for, I want to, I want to stick on Seth and Evan, and then I kind of want to. I want, they're kind of these pods. So basically Seth and Evan being a pod, McLovin's kind of a floater between Seth and Evan, and he's the connector to Bill Hader and Seth Rogen's cops. So I kind of want to talk about the cops. And so I kept thinking about this a lot during the movie. I'm just going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to hide the question. So who would you rather hang out with for the entire night? Would you rather hang out with uh, (laughs) Seth and Evan? So Jonah Hill and Michael Sarah, or would you rather be with Bill Hader and Seth Rogen? I think it's an easy answer. Yeah, I, you obviously want to hang out with the cops, but if you didn't know that, like if you didn't know how it was going to go down, you'd yeah, you know. So this is the thing: you're not getting it at the end of the night. Like looking back, I'm saying like beginning of the night, you got to hop in a car. They're over here, and the cops are over here. Who are you hopping in with? And just be like, I'll take my chances. You know, I think like logically, I stick with my friends, unfortunately. But having known what goes Fuck down, that. like you'd pick the cops every time like if i knew they were cool cops like that and i knew that because they imply pretty heavily throughout the movie that this isn't the first time they've gotten to like these kind of shenanigans yeah like at one point seth rogan's like oh i can't believe this happened again when they hit uh jonah hill <laughs> like they're implying that they're really shitty at their jobs and they like go get road beers they flip on their lights every time like cop lights yeah. every time they go through it and stuff i would if I knew that they were just kind of reckless cops, I think I'm just saying, hey, I hang out with you guys all the time. Like, peace out, boys. Have a good night, Seth and Evan. You guys are going to be complaining about each other going to Dartmouth for the next eight hours? I'm cool. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't sound like a good time. The uh, What I do love about the cops is when they kind of have that moment and they're like, 
uh, at the party, they're like, you know, they crash in, they're like, McLovin. And, but then they have the serious moment. They're like, hey, man, we know you're not a 25 we're not, we're not we're not idiots and Seth Rogen gives them a face like they might not have known right away <laughs> I I love that because it's like you know kind of like you said like his story develops and they almost like form this very close bond like Bill Hader like, is selling the shit out of the fact that he loves McLovin if you mm-hmm. didn't know if you just came in on that last scene you'd be like oh they must have this really long long great friendship for bill Hader's character to love mclovin so much yeah and it's so like when they're hugging him he's like i'm so he's really so he's like i'm so sorry mclovin and it's not like facetious and he's not doing it for comedy he's like i'm so sorry man i shouldn't i'll do anything for you fuck it we'll cuff you up you're gonna get so much ass because of this don't worry bro i love love that they they like sit on the bed and like have this parent conversation yeah um it's it's so good that incorporating those like and having bill Hader and seth rogan is just i can think of a better duo to do that it's it seems like an odd duo because they haven't really done anything Anything together together, but they did such a great job so i'm really glad it was those two i think it's just so amazing to me that the casting how good they did you get Emma Sto- Emma Stone's in such a peripheral role. She's really four scenes maybe has like not that many lines and just kills it. I remember seeing this when it came out thinking that girl is, you knew Emma Stone was going to pop off. She just wasn't like a star yet. Yeah. But you can see it coming and everyone, Jonah Hill, if you watch this and didn't see Jonah Hill's future was super bright, then you're an idiot. He does. Yeah. He is doing everything yeah, and he's, he's doing like- it really well. He is, he hit this role hard. I just feel like he, and it was, you know, I, I feel like he even made it his own too, where um, he, he, I don't know, from whether it was from personal experience or something, it just felt like this is real. Like this, I, like, I know a guy like that, <laughs> like yeah. in high school that talks that way, has these like crazy, you know, ambitions with girls or whatever. And uh, he, he, he nailed it. I, I loved his performance and Emma Stone. Yeah. Emma Stone has like a, um, you know, a secondary character is incredible. You take that and run with it. Yeah. I think when you can do like, when you can do smaller roles and like knock it out of the park like that in a small role, that is an obvious sign for what's to come. I have an important question for you. Are you pro Emma Stone's bangs in this movie? (laughs) Um, Yes. There is a right and wrong answer. Oh. That is the right answer. Overall, yes. Um, one, for the character in general, I think that's just like a, you know, mid-2000s, like, high school kind of thing. Right? Take me back to 2007, bro. Right. And on top of that, like, she pulls it off anyways, like, outside of the character. That's, she's, she can do it all. There's one point where she is talking to... Jonah Hill at the end of the movie, she's got the black eye. So this is like the very end there mm-hmm. in the um, mall. And I was watching it and I was, you know, I, was, I always thought I liked her with bangs, but you know, I'm not going to lie. I was a doubter for a second. I doubted the look. So I'm watching this last scene and like Jonah Hill is apologizing to her for what he did. He's like, I'm so sorry. I treated you like a dick last night. I shouldn't have done that. And she looks up at him and she has like her hair kind of, my, my heart just, I, I, after that, if anyone ever questions her bangs, look, just show them a screenshot of that scene and that look she gives Jonah Hill. It's over. You know, it's so funny. I had the exact same reaction. I was just like, Oh my God, <laughs> dude, if she looked at me like that, I, 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 it'd be over. It's better than the La La Land look. I think at the end, wow. I think I know that's a bold statement with you, that's, but that's super bold. I don't know. She literally, in that look she gives Jonah Hill, it's, hey, you're a good guy. I know you fucked up. It's, her look says everything that you need to know. And then it makes sense where you be like, yeah, like, let's actually, like, you should give me some makeup. And then Seth and Evan finally learn how to be on their own. And it's a beautiful ending to a comedy. Yeah, it's, it's a really nice way to incorporate that, like, that thing and bring it full circle, like we said. And, it, like, they learned a lesson, you know, the characters grew. That was kind of the whole point. So, um, yeah, I loved I loved that ending and Emma Stone's bangs are 
Incredible. We are. This, this is a pro Emma Stone's bangs podcast. Please message us if you disagree. I would. I would love to chat with why you're wrong. The soundtrack on this. I kind of forgot how much '70s funk. It's basically yeah. exclusively '70s funk, which is interesting because it's not dazed and it's not a period piece. Right. What do you think of the music? I I actually love that. It's like one of my favorite parts. Of, it's always been one of my favorite parts. Like they throw a couple like songs like when they're at the party like Big Papa and but even um, that's kind of period that's like 90s I mean it's yeah that's right. old I, song at the time right but um I think the thing about it is there's something about like you know I think when we've talked about stuff before like we really like the idea of like having these hit songs on a like doing a period piece and like adding because it adds so much but there's something about this where the music like was not of the period but it it added so much even if you didn't know any of the songs which i didn't but i've downloaded a lot of these songs because i'm like yo that is catchy like i love that and so one one of my favorite songs is the are you man enough when they're on the bus heading to the liquor store that's like i downloaded that song like right away because it's I, good i love that it's a good slow-mo walk song that's a good slow-mo yeah. walk song. yeah like like it's it's the perfect like prep song for like the, are you hey. literally are you man enough like are, are we go are we going out tonight or are we going out tonight boys let's let's yeah. go are you man enough I love that exactly so that's really good and then another thing that I think is really good that incorporates music is um, when they ask Evan to sing and he sings these eyes which is like a a seventies song these eyes do 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 yeah you're you're Jimmy's brother the singer. <laughs> You, hey, my brother came all the way from Scottsdale. You're not going to sing for him? And they're all just like bumping rails of coke. That's also one of my favorite lines is, my brother came all the way from Scottsdale, Arizona. And you're they're clearly in Southern California, so Scottsdale <laughs> is like a couple-hour drive. Yeah. Oh, my God. The, that party scene, because it's essentially once, it just becomes like a series of their house parties. They're kind of towards the end, with the breakup being Jonah Hill getting hit by the car. But that first house party they go to with the psychopath that yep. hit Jonah Hill the first time with the car. Jo- uh, I can't Joe, think of Joe, La- Joe Latroglia, who's on. Who is on uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Brooklyn Nine-Nine, yep. He's a really funny guy. I love I love the little like subtleties of this movie. Like, for instance, when uh, Jonah Hill's like, he's just a regular guy. That's what guys look like. And he's like, he's like hey, do you guys know a guy named Jimmy? You look just like his brother. It's like I, breaking out. I love the subtleties, like the subtle comedy uh, within everything is so good. The One of the things he said has been probably like my top five longest running gags I've done with people is, is they're in the car. Jonah Hill gets a call from Jules and she asks him where he is. He's like, oh, I'm on a cab, like going to get booze. And it, it, first off, he goes like for the backhand high five, and Jonah Hill goes, like, what the fuck? And then <laughs> after that, Jonah Hill like hangs up and goes, oh my God, like Jules totally wants to hang out. This is sweet. And he's like, sounds like she totally wants it, man. Who's going to give it to her? You, that's who. And I had a friend, anytime friends in high school would bring up a girl, they'd be like, I Snapchat this girl or she had me on Snapchat. I'd always do that. I'd be like, sounds like she totally wants it, man. Who's going to give it to her? You, that too. And I, every time I see that, I'm like, I understand why I used it for so long. Yeah, no, it's so good. And there's like, <laughs> I think these characters are funny because like there's people, I just feel like I know a guy like that. And like, you just know these people. Like and his name is Vince Sparty. Yeah. <laughs> you don't like hang out with these people often, but when you do, it's like, oh my God, what is happening? I have a, I don't know if this is a divisive question or not, but maybe it is. It's kind of a pivot with the movie is kind of flowing along at the beginning. And then we get the Jonah Hill is obsessed with drawing penis flashback uh, montage right, yeah could, could we have done without it or do you think it's necessary um how many penises did we need mason i guess that's my question it's interesting because you could make the case that it was just like a funny a funny little thing and it's also like i remember when it came out it was like because how old were we 2007 13, so we were like 12 yeah, 13 12 13 and like when 
my buddy showed me this movie he's like oh there's this like right before that scene he's like this is the funniest scene and like as a 13 year old hell yeah that's like so funny and it regardless of age it's funny but like it kind of goes on long yeah you can make the case that it was too long or it's like not it's not necessary even though it does explain like why he doesn't like becca and like why that's a whole thing um so yeah maybe that's like some if, of the if, drawings are amazing imagine <laughs> like a kid the tiananmen square with yeah. like the little briefcase and the tanks uh, okay that one i break so hard because i know someone on the someone had to draw that on the set yeah and they had to come up with that idea and that's why i love it but i don't well, love I just, it for the movie i i i love the idea of like sitting in a writer's room and they're pitching okay what's the funniest like dick formation that we could draw and they're just going back and forth and they come up with like the Tiananmen Square or like the one is like a cowboy on a rocket ship or something. I don't know. Well, no, one, dude, one of them's on uh, the atom bomb that got dropped in like uh, oh, yeah. Hiroshima. It's yeah, just yeah, big yeah. boy. He's not top back of big boy, which is brutal. Yeah. I, uh, I just think when I was watching this time, I was like, God, you know, I, I get why I liked it more when I was younger. And I just feel like it's one of those jokes where yeah, if it wasn't in the movie, you could be like, Hey, Becca used to like treat me like shit when I was young. And I would have been, I yeah. wouldn't have thought anything of it. Yeah. I don't think Jonah Hill's hatred for Becca was such an important plot line that yeah. he needed three minutes. Uh, okay, him eating the paper too, secondarily, is the funniest thing when she finds it. And he, his reactions to start eating the paper, that's amazing. Yeah. Also, and pointing back to like subtleties again, when he's like, uh, I couldn't eat any dick-shaped foods you know what kind of foods are dick-shaped the best kinds the and best. and michael sarah's like yeah <laughs> he's like it's, it's just like little he's stuff so like that like kills me i think it's so funny he's just like so serious about it and like like trying to be empathetic to this situation and there was there was no way i could choose a i was kept thinking about i was writing down one-liners i started writing down a list of my favorite jokes well motherfucker i had three pages of just shit that was said that was so well written and i think whenever the shit you're talking about was like michael Sarah playing off what jonah hill saying but so subtly because he's a straight man but he's a straight man telling jokes which doesn't happen that often where he's acknowledging but also bringing in he tells mick uh mick love at one point you look like an irish r&b singer (laughs) (laughs) like the way he's dressed with his vest that's fucking hilarious like he's, he's a straight man but he's got jokes yeah, no, that's a, that whole scene, like, when he first introduces the, uh, when he first introduces the fake ID. Amazing like, scene. Like, they they are literally just have the jokes ready, and I think that's what? one of the It was between McLovin and Muhammad. <laughs> Why the fuck was it between that? Muhammad's most common news name in the world, read a book for once. That's, whoever wrote that is hilarious. That's Whoever wrote McLovin's lines I want to hang out with, because yeah. he... So Jonah Hill is mid twenties. I think he's our age around this movie. He's twenty four, twenty five. Yeah. Michael Sarah's in his early twenties. McLovin, the guy that plays McLovin, he's legit seventeen in this movie. He's not oh, old. Yeah. So he's with a bunch of guys that are way older than him. This is his first movie he ever did. He'd never been on a set before, and he's he's comes in and he's going toe to toe with Jonah Hill and Michael Sarah, and he's throwing punches just like that. He's going after those guys. Yeah. No, I think. Uh... I, that's the th- first thing I noticed like when he walked in the room it reminded me of like being in high school and like that guy that's overly excited about nothing and like you know wants Dude. to tell you about how he saw some girl's underwear or whatever it's like all right what he's talking about when he's talking about following the girl and he's like I told her what time it was yeah he's so <laughs> proud that the and girl he- was and you no, get no. to see like how it how it really went down, and that's just like spot on of how those I things. I told work. her. I told her what time it was, man. Because yeah, everybody has friends that gas up the smallest interactions they have with the opposite sex. Yeah, and they'll be like, "Yeah, dude, she she actually like looked at me, or she liked my photo. She was like the fourth like on my photo, dude. Anybody likes my photo, like first ten, like, you know they're like real and shit especially, like that. Especially in high school too, like one high small school, interaction. Everything. Yeah. Like if there's, you know, like the popular girl, if, you know, she's like, hey, Mason, like knew your name. You're like, bro, bro. She, <laughs> she gave me, I asked for a pen, bro. She handed it to me in like two seconds. Yeah. Got it out right away. And she, it was the green one. Like the one she yeah. likes the most, like stupid stuff like that. Yeah. Everybody. Knows <laughs> and, 
and like Fogel plays that guy perfectly. I think the, when they're in the gas station, I think some of the funniest shit that's going on with this is kind of away from Fogel a little bit, but it goes back to like what's the funniest shit going on. At one point, Michael Sarah's talking about how he has to hide every erection he gets, but yeah. women can like flaunt their breasts to everyone. And he's holding this porno mag and he's talking and Jonah Hill's talking about how he like takes his like erections and like flips them into his belt loop. He's like, it's awesome and it feels good. And just, I think that gas station interaction might be some of the funniest shit in the movie and it's in the first 10 minutes. That's what I'm saying. I feel like um, there's a couple times in the movie where they're, um, they get out like, I don't know, like 10 jokes in like a minute. In an exchange. Yeah, like just back and forth, easy, seamless. And I think I'm going to keep saying subtleties because it it can not feel like a joke because there's not a lot of setup, but like the dialogue itself can be jokes, just like back and forth, no problem. Jonah Hill listing off Jules' ex-boyfriend. And he's just going, bam, name, joke, name, joke, name, joke. He goes, Matt Muir, have you ever stared into his eyes? It's like the first time I listened to the Beatles. <laughs> yeah. He's got that off. He's just throwing that around. He's like, that guy's had a six pack since we were eight. Yeah. And he's just like good to go. And uh, Michael Sarah's character, Evan is like, has those like little one liners that are like, it could just be a, a reaction where he's like, yeah. Or um, when the guy, uh, the like bully spits on him or whatever um and, hey, and jesse <laughs> hey jesse wanted me to inform you they can't go to a party you bitched out so hard there man i did thanks judas <laughs> and uh when he's like calling him the name and he spits on him and evan's just in the background you just see him like, <laughs> like he, he looks back like, he's, he's sipping on his slurpee <laughs> yeah he's like throws his hands up like what did i do i think that kills me every time Oh my gosh. Did you have any, were there any jokes that you wrote down that you just, you just have to say? Cause I just think in this one, I, the entire script is the j- one gigantic long joke. That's amazing. I think the yeah. script is one of the best written things we've ever done on this podcast. Like we said, there's like so many like little things. Um, I think the Steven Glansberg joke is hilarious. <laughs> shout out Tanner, shout out Tanner Schulte, who is the only person I know who laughs every time you go, I'm supposed to eat alone like I'm Steven Glansberg. He's like, Glanny. So I love you, Tanner. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Um, another like small one that I've never noticed before is when the, uh, they're all at the bar, the cops and uh, McLovin. And he's like, he's like, you can't meet, meet your wife at a bar. I met the missus at paintball shot her in the neck <laughs> like and we just uh we just hit it off <laughs> like little stuff like that that's what makes me laugh it's it's hardly ever like the big joke um no, th- I, I want to one with Seth Rogen's line in that like p- a pumpkin patch depending yep. on the season <laughs> yeah, yeah. him saying depending on the season for some reason just just like broke me way too hard i i feel myself laughing less at the big jokes that i remember the most liking Mm -hmm. and laughing way harder at the little stuff from like how do i not how am i not saying that all the time or yeah how is that not the funniest thing that happened in this movie um another another scene i really like is uh when he (laughs) michael sarah's in pe class and and uh jonah hill runs out there you know gives him the lowdown on what's going on tonight you know he kind of hey dave franco yeah and dave franco makes an appearance and um i think what's so funny about that is like there's jokes that he's saying but even uh michael sarah's character is like like oh pass it to me like does not want to be in pe class but um when he's like the PE coach or whatever is like, he's like, he's like, Seth, get out of here. And he fucking kicks the ball into the stands. He's like, go get it. He's like, no, I think when he just kicks the ball, like, so funny, so funny to me. You're going to get know. that. No, I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. Uh, I, I think that's hilarious to just like go in somebody's class and fuck up their soccer game. Oh, dude, dude. I don't even know how we didn't fucking talk about this. Jonah Hill, Jonah Hill's speech to the home ec teacher. Oh yeah. 
Evan's over there. It looks like he's having the most fun of any person in the <laughs> world right now. And he's like, hey, and Michael Sarah's getting his um, apron tied on. He's like, hey, don't leave me waiting back there. And he's just yeah. like joking around and being so catty with this other guy in their class. Yeah. It's, hey, your profession, I'm not trying to say it's a joke, but like I, people take this class because it's an easy fucking A. And he's sorry for swearing. And she's like, go yeah. be partners with Jules. It just doesn't care. But everything he's saying to the teacher is amazing. I love it. Yeah. And I feel like that's something you would have done in high school. Like, no problem. Just totally tell the teacher. I don't Depends know. who the teacher is. Yeah. I, I was I was confident when I knew I could be confident and was scared shit. I responded accordingly to the authority. Yeah. The um the other thing about that scene with Michael Sarah and um the his like partner, that reminds me of high school too like those those kinds of things like you always had that one friend at school that you were like always you know having a good time with you they were like your school friend they weren't you yeah dude school friends are a real thing and but yeah. he's drinking tequila with him at the party yeah i know I, I know it's like and that's the cool thing because it's like their senior year so you don't know their like origin story like maybe they do hang out but it seems like they don't yeah. and this is like them coming together at this thing so i love, the way, I love how catty how catty michael sarah is with him and he does like the little Lit- like literally the cat. catty yeah yeah oh clap 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 we're not a puns podcast but now we are we should yeah, put something he, like he does a little there. i love what he does like that shit the little cat motion he's doing like cat stuff and jonah hill's doing this like really derogatory sex acts to ladles and other objects of food yeah michael sarah there being yeah i'm a cat yeah yeah it's i love that i love that little stuff It, it it cracks me up every time um so i mean every scene it hits hard kind of like you said like every the whole movie is okay, like, dude, give me your top three then. You can only choose three scenes. Oh my and god. And you have to be you so and it's kind of hard because you're gonna want to include like and then it goes to this, but I'm saying if we're with the okay. cops, whenever we stop being with the cops, that's when it's over. Like that block. Yeah. I'm gonna go with the fake ID, like when he gets the fake ID. Yeah, that's not, that has to be in the top three. I'll I'll agree. Um also gonna go with uh, you need like stuff towards the end um i really like when they go to the bar like the bar scene uh with the cops and mclovin and mclovin like stops the he, you know stops i'm gonna buy you guy. a beer mclovin <laughs> well and they like they're chasing this guy around and they like pull out their guns and like fucking do i shoot him with- do i shoot him <laughs> <laughs> like that scene is hilarious they do such a good job of <laughs> doing the worst possible things you can do um so i'll go with that one that one's a good time um and then a third one let me see what i wrote down because i wrote down stuff throughout i think all of it i love the bar scene because i do love when i think one of the funniest things bill Hader talks about is how he met his first wife at a bar and he's so the first night uh our wedding night actually did group sex i wasn't involved but i could hear it (laughs) through the door then we found her actually on the street and then fucking Seth Rogen does like a little like gesture and he like, it's just amazing. Everything about Bill Hader and Seth Rogen's interaction with that and explaining his relationships. Amazing. Yeah. So I'd say, I mean, yeah, the whole bar interaction is really good. Do you have, what, what do you have in mind? I mean, we, the, fir- the first, the first, I got like, it's really hard. Cause McLovin getting the McLovin scene is amazing. And I do like the bar scene a lot with the cops, but then I also love everything, but this isn't a scene, but anything that the cops are driving around talking, them just driving, yeah. if that was just one continuous scene, just, uh, you know, Yoda from Attack of the Clones, <laughs> just <laughs> everything that's going on in the car. How am I supposed to find one guy in an entire county? <laughs> oh yeah everything they, everything in the car i it's personally my some of my favorite stuff i love when we're with the cops the most yeah um i'm trying to think like there's plenty of stuff at the end too that's you know quality and it brings everything together too so yeah but that's that's it's not what makes you feel the most fuzzy and warm inside this is your favorite fucking scene where are you gonna go back and remember i might even say the <laughs> the home x scene that's like that's then you get the jewels okay you, you get the mon- problem you get, with that scene you get the okay let's hear it why does 
Why are Jules and Becca into Seth and Evan? Okay, now hear me out. Don't jump to, don't rush to any conclusions. It makes absolutely no sense. Essentially, we're introduced in the very first thing that when Jesse spits on them at the gas station, they do not go hang. They only hang out with each other. They mm-hmm. are not popular whatsoever. And every all the cool kids, quotation marks around cool for the people that can't right. see the Zoom video. The they're not a part of the cool group yet. You're telling me two of the most popular, most attractive girls in school not only know they exist. Number one, number two, they're into them. They have these crushes. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I think. Why would Becca or Jules be into Seth and Evan? It doesn't make any I th- sense. I think the Becca one makes a little more sense. It makes le- even less sense. Why? I think. I think. Would you they- you find Michael Sarah attractive? Uh, you if you were her, would you find the way he is and the way he talks to her to be attractive? I think their interactions are like very friendly. She knows he's really nice, and like that's those are the things she likes about him. So she's like kind of interested because. You know, he lent the pen and he's like, she kind of, she's like trying to figure him out. Like he's a little mysterious. And like, like he says, he's like, he's mysterious. Oh my God. That is the nicest way to ever call what Evan is doing. And he's not mysterious. Well, because think about this, because the way he explains, he's like, oh yeah, we, we went to this nightclub and we conversed with these adult, like what the way he sells that bro. She's like, oh wow. I actually met a man that uh, climbed five mountains. (laughs) It's incredible. (laughs) he's like he is totally selling it like he's this mature dude he's really nice and like she she's curious about that that's why i say mysterious because she he's like living this life that she doesn't know about she's okay i but that's the whole thing they don't go out on the weekends people she's like you never go to parties and then jules says the same thing jules like i never see you out so based on their limited school reactions in only a few class it seems to go to a giant school you're telling me that these girls harbored crushes on these losers who are not Emma Stones with Jonah Hill makes he's funny as hell. So I could see how she'd be like, I've been kind of with assholes. He's got a great personality. Awesome. Jonah, you are mine. But Michael Sarah just looks kind of like a dork in the movie. He is so awkward in their interactions when yeah. he accidentally punches her in the boob. <laughs> Sorry. And she's like 20 feet away. Sorry. Fine. Yeah yeah the uh i think yeah the it's hard because it feels like this is their like first interaction their first time meeting you know so like we don't know we don't know what other interactions look like before like if they knew each other like had classes together whatever the interaction was that led up to that because it felt like a one-time thing like hey i've never talked to her before this is going to be my first time like it can feel like that sometimes did you know anyone in high school that kind of had a Seth and Evan relationship where they were kind of, they did their own thing all the time and everyone was kind of, they just didn't care like that they didn't do stuff. With, it seems like Seth and Evan care a little bit more, but I think you get what I'm trying to get at, which yeah. is, did you know people that were just so close, didn't really fuck with anyone else and were just completely content with that in high school? Cause I can't think of anyone that I ever witnessed that was like that. I feel like there are a lot of groups like that. Cause I'd like, I feel like I'd run into people that were like always hanging out, always together. Um, and you'd be like, yo, they are like always, you know, you'd meet at like in and out after a game or something. And like, you know, they'd be at those events, but kind of like separate from the rest of the group. So I don't know. It's hard to say when you don't know what people are doing, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure there totally was. And like, that's. Were we the Seth and Evan of Augustana yeah. track in 2015? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably. To be For the honest. freshman track class, the people they were probably like, what the fuck are these guys doing? Yeah, we were, we were weirdos. You're probably Evan and I'm Seth in that, in that situation. Sure. Yeah, actually, no, that makes sense, actually. Oh, don't belittle me with sure. <laughs> what the fuck was that? Because I hadn't thought about it, but yeah, I'd probably, I'd probably agree with that. Yeah, I mean, it's not like a comment on you're not a Michael Sarah looking ass. It's like, hey, what's really, really weird in the movie is, is you are really invested in them getting booze and getting to the party, even though that whole, this high school, we got to, we're about to graduate. 
it's American Pie. Based, it's a really American Pie ripped it off of a bunch of movies where we're about to graduate. We need to have sex and we need to get like party because we haven't. Right. It's a very recycled kind of idea to push a movie forward. Yeah. But my God, they do it in such a new, interesting. I feel like it's aged great. I, I was thinking about that a lot. I think this movie is amazing and really creative still to this day. I thought about that too because like the party that first party that they end up at is so weird it's so random it's so out of it feels really far from like where they're supposed to go um i was thinking about how creative that is to like take take the story so far away from like what it originally was like you run into all this trouble when you know at some point you could have just been like hey you know i give up like it's over you know most i think most of the situations they're in, I'd be like, you know what? I'm out for the night. Like I'm not, I'm not going. But that's the thing. There's, you become so invested in it. It is so important to them. Seth needs to be like, this is his one night ever where he can make Jules his girlfriend. And same with Evan. It's the stakes seem really high, even though they're not. What's yeah. And what's funny is like when they get to the actual party, like it's going, like it wasn't like being held up because they didn't have any alcohol. Like it was totally fine it, this party wasn't like people sitting and waiting like oh when are when's the alcohol gonna come like it looked like it was you know doing just fine and other people had brought it <laughs> yeah totally totally high stakes based on nothing yeah it's so they do such a great job and when i was thinking about acting performances and what everybody's bringing to the table i think it's a disservice to this movie and we're appreciating it appreciate yeah a poop mouth appreciation of it to not we can't just put one person as our favorite actor or favorite performance i think it's an insult because i think so many people do so many great things and if there's a participation trophy for we're going to give it to this movie but yeah i want to talk is there anyone you don't like is there anybody that you're i wish they weren't in that role oh man um i feel like i feel like this segment is always like your shtick like you you've usually got somebody in mind i i don't know oh yeah for sure i don't i don't have anybody in particular that like really bugged me or bothered me but curious i don't like becca yeah i can see i think her i think her acting drunk is over the top i think she does it really poorly when she's like look what i got for you people don't people don't talk like that and she yeah I i get what she's trying but I, I don't know people I, I, she wasn't a believable drunk and it, it okay. always irritates me that seems fair that's like yeah and it'd be hard to give it to anyone else really i think the i think the store clerk does a really good job i think she's <laughs> got an exam yeah and her I she's love, good though i love her little story like her story makes sense you know she she's working at this liquor store while she's putting herself through veterinary school and she's stressed out i i don't know something about that like i was like that's that's so detailed and it may seem like you don't need need that but i think i think it really adds to it the store click is a hilarious uh added character as well do you think this movie succeeds if jonah hill and michael Sarah aren't in it and it gets recast and then secondary question if seth rogan hadn't aged out of the part and he was in the proper age and he plays Evan, do you think it's as good as Jonah Hill doing it? Do you think Seth Rogen could have got it? So answer the first one and then go to the second one. Okay, so replacing Jonah Hill and Michael Sarah. Does the movie succeed without them? Or are they completely necessary to it succeeding? They're completely necessary because of their dynamic and their back and forth. Like Jonah Hill's, you know, kind of this over the top talkative you know i don't i don't even know how else to describe him but he like could david spade and chris farley do this movie oh interesting i'm trying to think of fat skinny friend combo movies yeah that's interesting so basically our two options in mind is john belushi dan Aykroyd, or uh, farley and spade that is super interesting I don't know. Well, because my thing is like with Michael Sarah, like all everything we said, like leading up to this role, like the subtleties, the awkwardness, like I don't know if anyone hits it like he does, like and has that, you know, he looks like he's still in high school and he's skinny and awkward and like 
perfect like perfect he's perfect white teenage dude and spade i I don't think spade and farley work yeah i think they're just like too far off from chris farley can't do the rome like i don't think he could do the stuff he couldn't be jonah hill he is chris farley has a lane we love you chris farley r.i.p but he has a lane jonah hill is an academy and award nominated actor he yeah. can do whatever he wants, and he's so yeah. talented. He's got range and, across the board. And to the second question, I don't think the movie's as good as Seth Rogen's Evan. I really yeah, don't. Yeah, I don't think so either because because of what you just said about Jonah Hill, like his range, his ability to like hit the character on the head. And I get that, you know, it's based on Seth Rogen. It's like him, but I think the way Jonah Hill delivers it is, is better than Seth Rogen could deliver it. Yeah, feels like feels like an American teenager. I, I don't know something something about that. Yeah, I that's not the. I don't think it's Seth Rogen's tone. I don't think he could. I don't think mm-hmm. that's his yeah. tone. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good way to good way to put it. I agree. Which is interesting because he wrote it for himself. Yeah. So clearly, he maybe it's the way he wants to be, but I think Seth Rogen has to be also aware that Jonah Hill is a much better actor than he is. Yeah. But I think that goes back to what we were talking about earlier, how Jonah Hill like really made this his own and like, you know, took, he, took he wanted the shit yeah. out of this role. Exactly. He basically, what I heard was, is they were shooting Knocked Up and he has a really small role in Knocked Up and he was really good friends with Seth Rogen and those guys. I think he was living with Seth Rogen at the time, but he tell, they show him the script and he's like, I want to audition for Seth. They go, dude, you're too old. Look at you. If you watch yeah. Knocked Up, which he looks like he's in his thirties and Knocked Up. And like, you're too old, man. And he goes, please, let me read. And begs them, begs them. And eventually, they're like, fuck it. We'll put you on tape. So they go, there's this video you can find online yeah, yeah. of Jonah Hill in yeah. a trailer, like doing a really rough version of script playing the character. And they're just cracking up. And they're like, can you shave? And let us see what you look like. Shaves, looks, high school, they're like, we're idiots. We're so sorry you got the job. Yeah. and he, The fact uh, that they even doubted it. He shaved like daily to make sure that he he still looked young like even if he, had just he a little looks like he's in stuff. high school yeah he looks so young yeah they he he killed it. i'm i'm really glad they it, it came it came about the way it did i'm so happy jonah hill's career's worked out the way it has yeah agreed. i fucking love his career choices personally i don't want to turn this into the i think jonah hill's really underrated in hollywood and he can direct now mid 90s was really good right yeah he's just like incredibly creative creative person and yeah he helped write 21 jump he's a really good writer he yeah doesn't really have a weakness yeah he, he does it all he, he's legit he's the real deal and in the same way michael sarah kind of the opposite uh after the 2000 teens were not kind to our friend michael sarah i do not believe yeah i i, I love him and like especially because i love arrested development I think that's where it like really started for me, but um, I mean, and super bad, obviously, but just, you know, that's, that's Hollywood, baby. Scott Pilgrim versus the world, Scott Pilgrim versus the world is amazing and he's really good in it. And that's the last thing he does. I like. He's probably okay with it. Uh, this is the end. He's got a nice little, <laughs> but he nice starts to cameo. look different. He looks, he starts to look, he gets less attractive. I don't know. He gets weird look. He looks different than he used to. I don't know. I don't know what he looks like. I'll have to look him up. Even in this at the end, he doesn't look the same. He looks a little better. But if you look him up right now, when I watched the newest season of Arrested Development, all I kept thinking was, God, Michael Sarah, can I just – we should have kept him in uh, – if anybody's seen Zoolander, the hand model keeps his hand oh, in like a hyperbaric yeah. chamber to keep yeah. it look fresh. I kept thinking that I want that from Zoolander, but I want to put Michael Sarah in 2007 in this one. But you just keep him like that forever, you know? Yeah, agreed. That we need to figure out a way to do that. I think that's our that's our next. I think it's called thing. the Fountain of Youth. I think it's in the fourth. Um, uh, fuck, one of those movies, Pirates of the Caribbean. So please watch that if you want to figure out how to do it. I don't. Know, I could think of Pirates of the Caribbean. Should we just dive right into the Pirates of the Caribbean? Okay, so in 2003, I could do it. You tell me I couldn't riff it right now, bro. <laughs> the Curse of Black Pearl is my favorite for anyone that's curious. Um, the I first one's not. really good. The rest suck. I could not do that. That'd be difficult. 
Is there anything you'd rewrite? Um, I think we kind of mentioned earlier, like the the but other than that, I guess other than the excessive penises. Yeah, that's the only thing I can really think of. There's nothing else I would change. Yeah, and like even that, I don't even mind having that in there because <laughs> I think it is funny and like especially for a younger demographic, like I couldn't think of a funnier thing for like a. 13 14 year old which shouldn't be seeing that movie probably but you know what's aged pretty sweet and what's i guess i'm gonna try kind of this is final thoughts i'm just kind of checking out the last of yeah. my notes i wrote down michael Sarah, affirmative consent yeah would, bro i know i bro was ahead of the game when i was, was ahead of the game he would remember those title nine videos we had to watch as college athletes yeah michael Sarah put in the tape he knew what was going on followed followed them to a t and yeah uh, dude he was perfect yeah, no, the uh, I, I noticed that too. I was like, this is super woke because you know, I was looking at Woke or Broke, I was like looking back at it as that scene was on, like uh, looking at the categories and Woke or Broke. I'm like, oh my god, this is super woke. Like, you could have you could have gone back and like you know, some of the jokes are like inappropriate, but I don't think they like aged poorly. And that was something, yeah, that, like, that was something that at the party like he gets consent he's like trying to do all these things right and like ethically he even brings it up like the one girl's like it came out in 2020 you probably people be like oh they're pandering yeah you know, some people yeah. on the right would be like, bro they threw that shit in that's so stupid it's not really like that but yeah. it makes so much sense with his character yeah it makes oh, yeah. so much sense he's a good guy he's not gonna take advantage of this girl she can't consent and you know what good michael sarah two thumbs up yeah good job just you know they should put him on like a video series of hey this is how that clip should be shown yeah i how to properly consent is taught by super bad (laughs) they show like what not to do what to do because the one girl mclovin would probably be the what not to do yeah well the one girl that's talking to evan she's like he's like oh she like won't stop talking about you she wants to get with you he's like oh but she's drunk isn't she and she's like well that doesn't matter if you are too and he's like i don't know if that's like ethical <laughs> like he, he just like kind of mumbles this little thing he's in the bathroom just trying to chug booze and even when he tries to get himself drunk he still can't get himself to do it yeah he's still like he doesn't he doesn't feel and right he had a little it, so. bottle of spermicidal lube he was ready to go <laughs> spermicidal lube age well you ever not to dive too much into your personal life but I've never seen that anywhere, and I've never heard of anyone being like, yeah, dude, I have a bottle of spermicidal lube. I feel like seeing this at such a young age. I thought lube was a thing like that. Yeah, well, I did too, but I think because Jonah Hill made so much fun of it, you just realize like, oh, maybe that's like, that's not a thing. You know, that's- Yeah, because I think, I mean, not to shame shame anybody that is out there, and you use that like sweet. I just, I've never had anyone, unless the community is very niche, but- Michael Sarah's pretty <laughs> open about it. He just holds it up. He's like, oh, yeah, I brought this to his buddy. None of my friends yeah. have ever been like, look what I got for tonight. Yeah, that's it. It seems like a, an unnecessary accessory. Maybe it's not, but. Maybe that. Maybe we're behind the maybe, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe we don't know. When you're speaking of a niche listening community, imagine all the people listening exclusively use. like Imagine the, of, the <laughs> eight pe- of the eight people, yeah. of our eight fans. <laughs> that have gotten we've been recording for a while that have gotten to this point that actually get the you know we're probably talking a half a person yeah would get would appreciate this conversation but hey that's that's okay i'm i'm for it um maybe i'll try it out who knows breaking news mason ford pivoting (laughs) trying new things dude i just thought it was so funny i just couldn't get over the fact that and then that's they do awesome. a callback with Fogel later because Fogel's like, she's like, you have a condom? And Fogel's like, yeah, and some lube. <laughs> what, uh, what I wanted to mention earlier, because you're talking about the gas, gas station scene and how we said their dialogue is seamless, like seamless jokes back and forth. Uh, same kind of thing when they're waiting outside the liquor store and they see, uh, uh, I don't remember her name, the girl with big boobs. And they're like, oh my God, um, I got to go check these warlocks out. Um, what's her <laughs> yeah. name? Yeah, I can't think of her name, but yeah, I know. And, the, and then, and then they're on their way back, they're like, 
they're like oh yeah that's a shame and she's like he's like yeah but now she's in the best shape of her life because she's been oh my god dude i thought that was the funniest thing ever Uh, now that she's jogging she's actually in the best shape of her life yeah (laughs) that's the that's their dialogue back and forth like it doesn't even have to be this like hard-hitting punchline it's just i think it's really crazy to have a like i said earlier talking about their writing style when you can have the straight man not just playing off what the other guy's doing, but making their own independent jokes. Yeah. I think you have a, I think that's the best way to do it. That's the best version of a straight man and someone really going over the top is straight man also has to be funny. They can't just be like, can you believe this guy? Yeah. Can right. You believe what Jonah, Cause if that would have got played out really fast, if all Mike oh, and Sarah's yeah. doing is like, Jonah, stop. Like Jonah, don't say that. Or I guess Evan, you know what I mean? Yeah, it just be, right. that would have got so played out, but you can tell he's funny too. And he, he's like, oh, it makes sense. We're friends. We're both funny in different ways. And our, our comedy complements each other. Yeah, agreed. I, I think that's why they're perfect together in this role. I love this fucking movie. Did you have, do you have any more final thoughts? No, I just think uh, I do. I would say like this movie is really important for our age group. Like if you're... This was, so, this was before high school. I thought high school was yeah. going to be way better than it was. Did yeah. this ruin... This kind of ruined high school for me. High school sucked. No. I thought high school would be cool. No. I think, but I do think it's important to like know the joke, like know some of the jokes and like having the understanding of like this coming, like this very unique coming of age story of just like a crazy, this crazy night where two friends, I, I think it's cool when how they develop together, you know, and like we said, the ending is perfect to um, how they need to grow. So I, I just think it's really important. Like if you're in your twenties and you haven't seen super bad, like you need to, it's a really, really important. It was such a formative movie. Yeah. I was someone, anybody that knows me knows I watch my lines of what's real life and what's movies get really bored. And (laughs) especially when I was younger, I was like, Oh my God, high school's going to be sick. We're going to be trying to go to these parties. Like imagine us having fake IDs. I did not have a fake ID in high school. I didn't drink until after I graduated high school. I was pretty much an L7 weenie to quote Sandlot. And I just think back and just, you watch a movie like this when you're 12, 13, and you have this version of what you think you are. And I think it's really funny to look back and see what you actually become. But it's, it's, I love this movie because it made me so idealistic about the future of how cool I thought high school could be. Yeah. I like that a lot. That's a well said, well said. Thank you. You know, and I think we, we've always talked about this, but you know, you're growing up in Phoenix and growing up in Sioux Falls. There's these universal things that we Mm -hmm. both experienced, even though we went to these different schools. And I think this movie does a good job of, even though I'm saying that my high school experience was distinct, if anything, I went through a lot of these things, maybe just not my senior year high school. We're freshman year college when we're together trying to find booze, trying to get the, it was my freshman year of college, you know, and right. I experienced these things at different points in my life, friends moving away, how to deal with that. You know, there's all these themes that have hit me at different points, which I think is really cool. Yeah. And I think that kind of goes back to what I was saying of why it's so important because they hit on all those things. Like we grew up in different areas, but they, they brought together those universal things that happen to you, whether they're in high school or like beginning of college and, they bring it together really nicely and in a unique way too. Like the stories, <laughs> the story is even funnier because they like went in all these different directions, which I think is cool. I have one final question for you. Where the hell is Dartmouth at? I, I, I don't want to look it up, but it's, I was thinking about that. It's in New Hampshire. So I thought about that too. Cause I was like, right, cause they, I thought they were in SoCal. I thought so too. But like, then I thought, are they in New Hampshire? Because he's like, I'm going to Dartmouth and he's like, I'm going to state, which would imply like they're going, they're going to be in the same state. And so that's what I was yeah, confused. It's, I it's was really confused weird about that as well. Cause all the, everything they're clearly shooting in LA. I mean, those yeah. neighborhoods and stuff that, that liquor store is in Burbank. Yeah. There's just, I just kept thinking about that. I was like, why the f- you're right. Cause they I, always I, say I'm going to state. I literally looked up state colleges in New Hampshire to see like if it lined up and made sense in my head. But um, if people yeah. ever doubt we do the legwork for these things, that's the yeah. kind of fucking effort that yeah. this podcast is built on. 
right yeah like i don't need to hear your shit about how i how i don't do this like i i put in the effort you put in the effort you know so hey i'm out here i got notes in front of me we're what you know it's a hard life we sit down we watch movies and we talk about them you know that's not everyone can be us yeah not not everyone can do this this is not for the the faint-hearted <laughs> that's a good place to end it so I loved doing this. Sorry to everyone that actually listens to this. I just enjoy <laughs> doing these. I guess I don't really care about the audience to be completely honest, but it was really good to do this with you. I missed doing it. And we'd been talking for a couple of weeks about wanting to re get in the habit of doing podcasts. And we got some, we might have some other stuff kind of coming out of, we're starting to get the, the creative yeah. bug starting to hit us again. Big, big stuff on the way. We both got mics now. We've, uh, We've got some some good ideas, some some things that we want to act on. So uh, yeah, I'm looking you know, forward to it. Yeah, I think the future is bright for our media conglomerate, uh, TBD on the name. And uh, thanks for everyone that stayed this late to listen to our super bad pod. Mason, it was a pleasure as always. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you. Stay healthy. Stay well. Yeah, stay healthy out there, everyone. Peace.